This morning, I'll start talking about love thy neighbor as thyself. I was thinking about this topic and, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's along the lines of what we popularly known in Christian circles as the love walk. And I, I was thinking, Lord, Lord, how do I make this very practical for the people? You know, the love walk seems to be a, a cliche, you know, in Christian circles, love walk, walk in love, walk in love. And as some of you guys know that, you know, my life, I've signed my life, I've devoted my life to helping you understand Christianity in its practical sense, right? In its practical sense. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Timothy that, um, you know, we are in the last days and we've been in the last days in the past 2000 years. So let's go into the book of 2 Timothy and read to understand the, the situation we are in. In this situation, you know, I want to identify with you because I know you guys have some people that are very, very difficult to love, right? Because when the Bible talks about love your neighbor as yourself, it's referring to those, including those in-laws that are unlovable. Amen. That uncle who tries to control and manipulate the members of the family, right? So how do we love these guys? So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. So I'll start reading from verse 1. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. But know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come, for men and women will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers, uh, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, Haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. No. We, need, we need to take it again. Let's take it again. Last <laughs> one. Let's go back. But know this that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. How many of you, of you guys have seen some of these characteristics in your, in your Christian friends? How many of you have noticed that the way the church is going these days, and when I say church, I'm not talking about the core body of Christ. I'm talking about church as a cliche, church as something, right? You know, perception, church based on perception um, of people. So let me clearly distinguish church here. Now, there's a church of Christ, and there's church of England, and there's a church of all kinds of stuff. Now, the fact that an organization is called the church does not mean it's the church of Christ or the body of Christ. And it is one of the reasons why I discourage people from commenting or posting comments about a church organization who is doing something not correct, something wrong, something not right. Because you cannot tell if the church is actually the church of Christ. What is the Church of Christ? A Church of Christ, first, um, holistically, is the body of Christ, a body of believers who are born again. And 
if a church is actually a church of Christ, now the principles of Christ will be their foundation and their guiding principles. The lessons, the commandments, the things that Christ teaches us is what they will model, is what they will live by, is what they will stand by. So the fact that an organization calls themselves a church does not mean they're a true church. So when you're, when you're scrolling through social, or when people send you messages on WhatsApp to tell you what a pastor is doing or what his church is doing, you should not pay attention because you cannot tell if they are truly a, an, a genuine Christian church or a church of Christ. Amen. So we need to get that clearly so that we can face our business, mind our business, and focus on developing a strong relationship with Christ. Amen. Uh, there was a church in Africa recently. The guy was doing something like miracle money. So I think the guy connived with some members of the church and he said he was going to come down to their church and was going to, uh, I think, give them some money and then the money will multiply in their bank account, something along those lines. And um, he got into the church and people were, were spraying or was doing whatever he was doing and people were receiving a lot, bank a lot on their mobile phone. And the cameraman was actually showing the a lot, bank a lot coming into account, saying the, say, <laughs> the money was coming in. That is stupidity gone to see, did I get it correctly? That's one of the most stupid things I've ever seen in my life. It is very demonic. Friends, money is not printed in heaven. Money is not printed even in the spiritual realm. Money is printed right here on earth. So the question is, where did the money come from? Where did the money come from? The demons go and dump the money in that kind of thing. So all those miracle money things, they have come, there's a lie, there are manipulations of wickedness, of darkness. So such pastor, in quote, or prophet, is not a prophet of Christ, is not a pastor of Christ, and should not even, should not even grab your attention. You should not even be disturbed. Now, we should be concerned because many innocent Christians are being deceived, right? But it should not preoccupy your mind because that is not the practice of Christ. Amen. So let's get that clear. Now, so the reason why I've touched on that is because of some, some of these practices, you know, um, some of the signs of the end times listed in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We may see them as the honor of the day in some churches and we get the stop. Don't get the stopped. Focus on or find churches who, stand, who believe in Christ, honor him, follow his commandments, do what he commands us, and you'll be fine. Amen. So the Bible tells us that these are signs of the end times that, you know, end, the perilous, like end times, perilous, last days, perilous times to come and all of this will happen. Now, we see these things in some Christians. And I'm not talking about some churches that are not Christ church. I think we've clarified that, right? So let's move on. But there are some Christians in our lives or around us, you know, who actually are Christians, but they practice these things. Right? They are boasters, they are proud as belief, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving. You know, sexual immorality has invaded even some, ch some church of Christ. And, and, and sadly, some pastors are not. Sadly, they, I don't know what has become of them. I don't know, I don't know the company they're keeping. I don't know what happened to them. But many pastors who started well have really compromised and given to some of those things. Right. So I'm trying to say that 
in the body of Christ, in the church of Christ, we will find these things. And Jesus says that a new command I give you. Let's go to John 13, 34. John 13, 34. Now, Jesus said here, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, <laughs> that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So it seems like we find ourselves in a kind of um, uh, dilemma here. You know, we have some horrible Christians in the body of Christ and Jesus is demanding that we love one another just the way he has loved us. So as intelligent students of the Transformers Church, as intelligent soldiers of the Transformers Church, you know how this is going to go, right? So when Jesus says love one another. Let's read it again. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Right? And some Christians, including your in-laws, right? Born-again Christians, they are boastful, they are proud, they are unloving, they are, you know, they are lustful, they are, you know, they are arrogant. They have all manner of manifestation of end times, of every sign that looks like the sign, that somebody is unsaved, that a person is unsaved, they have it in them. And Jesus said, love one another as thyself. And then you're a, 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 a pastor or an elder in the body will say, you know, you just walk in love. You know, one of the things that irritates me the most as a language in the Christian circle is that word walk in love that is not qualified. When that word walk in love is not qualified, it annoys me because it's opened up a lot of people to abuse, oppression, manipulation, molestation. So one of the reasons why we have such a degree of molestation and abuse in the church today is because people do not have a proper balance of what it means to love thy neighbor as thyself or walk in love. So when I use walk in love and love thy neighbor as thyself, um, I will use them interchangeably because they literally mean the same thing. So we don't have a practical understanding of this. And so we allow just anything. Right now, Paul was speaking to Timothy. Say people who have this kind of attributes, he said, stay away from them. Now, even though he was talking about the world, that and many Christians have become that. And Jesus said, Love thy neighbor as thyself, or walk in love. Friends, can I be very honest with you? You know, this is me. This is not from the Holy Ghost. I think Holy Spirit just allowed me to be myself here. This is me, not from the Holy Ghost. There's some Christians that you love from afar is understatement. You love them from afar. Because they will corrupt you. First Corinthians 15.33 says, Evil companionship will corrupt good manners. Love your neighbor as yourself. Walk in love. There's some Christians you don't hang around. You love them from a distance. See, friends, your soul is important. Now, the Bible says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. What you do, what you become is a function of the influence on your soul. And when we say your soul, we're talking about that part of you that comprises your will, your mind, your emotion. What you do is a function of all your default reactions to situations and circumstances is a function of the state of your soul. So you got to be careful who you allow in that space, who you allow in your personal space. They will influence you. Proverbs 13.20 says that um, if you walk with the wise, you'll be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So if you're walking with foolish people, with people with these attributes, if you put, bring them into your inner circle, you look up to them and you allow them in your life, you take counsel from them, you grow with them, 
you will begin to pick up. They begin to rub off on you. You become more like them and you head for destruction. So we need to, we need to get this thing clear about this love walk and loving your neighbor as yourself. Amen. I hope I'm making some spiritual sense. Praise God. So like I said, you guys know how this is going because I'm going to read this love your neighbor as yourself. I'm going to rip it apart. Right. Because who were the people Jesus was speaking to? He was speaking to his disciples. Right. He has trained his disciples. He has, he has led them. He's, you know, he's mentored those people. Hmm. He's saying to those guys that there should be no division among you guys. There should be no separation among you guys. There should be no pride among you guys. There should be no... So in a sense, who is your neighbor? Let's start from the spiritual. Your neighbor is a disciple. First, your neighbor is a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get it? You're at, the, at the spiritual core level, your neighbor is a disciple of Jesus Christ. So when you're talking about Christians to be loved as yourself, we're talking about people who honor Jesus that you honor, who reference Jesus that you reference, right? Who govern their lives by the principles and the teachings of Jesus. That is primary, number one level, the, the first level of uh, your neighbor. Right. The Bible says that we should do good to all men, especially the people of the household of faith. So I'm still building up my case. So let's rip this thing out. Let's rip, let's rip it apart. So when it says love your neighbor as yourself, let's start with that love. What does love mean? Hello? What does love mean? Yeah, bless you. I know we lost one hour today. So yeah, I can see someone yawning there. Right, uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. I didn't realize that I was we're losing one hour. So this morning I was like, Lord, I need that one hour back because I was canceling till midnight this morning. Ah. Right, that's fine. Good. So what does love mean? So I picked a few definitions of love on the internet. So this is where I needed teenagers to pay careful attention and singles to pay careful attention. Single guys, single ladies. Because many of you guys have the wrong perception of what love is. So the dictionary defines love as an intense feeling of deep affection. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> I, I wish I could feel in love right now. <laughs> an intense feeling of deep affection. So when you have this deep feeling from someone, when your head is not correct, you are not thinking straight, that's when you are in love. Ah, no. Uh-uh. A great interest and pleasure in something. Some people say, I love football. I love this. Now, when we bring that definition of love into Christian faith, now, when people are actually hurting and harming you and destroying you, because of the feelings you have for them, you continue to allow them in your life and they are destroying your life. So when we talk about love, we should be asking ourselves, what is love? Because some people equate love to sex. Some people, if their boyfriend or girlfriend refuse to have sex with them outside of marriage, they put up a fight and claim that um, the, the person whom they request or demand sex from does not love them. Okay, I'm thinking of how, how the safest way to say this. Well, sexual work, okay, what about, okay, are you saying sex work has... Uh, 
I love because if you quit love to sex, it means sex workers should be people with the highest volume and amount of love. So sexual intercourse or sexual attraction, all those kind of things are not love. So if I'll be honest with you, based on the word of God, the world does not have a proper definition of what love is. The world does not have a proper definition of what love is. So the next question to ask ourselves is this. Is love a feeling? Is love an action? Or is love a nature or a person? A feeling? An action? Something we do? A person? Or a nature? Now, when I say is love a person, what I'm saying there is, according to 1 John, the Bible says God is love. God is love. So the nature of God is love. God is love. It's his nature. He does not hate. He does not do evil. He is love. And we are children of God. Please go with me. Go with me. I'm going to encourage you to play this message all over again. Then you see how they both connect. You know, I teach differently from Jolomi. Right. Jolomi, come and give you those points, you know. But I will take you on the journey to help you think. Because I want to go behind your mind behind your brain stay a few things there so that you can see what you would not normally see on a good day amen jolomi likes to teach like me how i like to teach like jolomi but we complement each other we, are, we, we we just have to embrace what god has given to us amen i love jolomi when jolomi is teaching i'm like oh no that blesses me amen but i'll get you to think i'm not saying jolomi doesn't get you to think but you know i challenge you guys a lot right so is love an action is love a feeling or is love a nature or a person? Because if love is an action, sometimes you might deprive yourself of love, in a sense. You may not love yourself because you think love is about what you do, what you do, what you give. Right? And if you think love is a feeling, you'll be one of the most unstable people in this world. Because anything that feels good, you think is love. And you feel in love with air, you feel you feel and fall in love with any and everything. But the Bible tells us that God is love. God is love. Now, some people will still challenge the different kind of love. It's like, yeah, but, but they're different kind of love. Yeah, love. Okay, all right, that's fine. Let's look at the different. Let me list it about four of the popular different kind of loves. So one is eros, you know, the erotic kind of love. This is where people, you know, this kind of sexual attraction. That is what is most popular in Hollywood and the movies you watch. You know, when you're sexually attracted to someone and they say, I'm in love. You're not in love. You are in lust. You are in lust. You know, because your, your sexual appetite have been triggered, right? And you have this connection with this person. And the sad thing is that most of the time, when people have this erotic feeling for people, they are not they are not quick to recognize it as erotic. They just feel that they have this strong, intense passion for someone, and they can't stop with that. They can't they can't do without seeing them. So any love you have for anyone, such that you can't you, you can't you you, you can't can live without them, you would die if they are not there. That love is not the God kind of love. <laughs> Is a fleshly kind of love. It is those kind of love the Bible says are expression, are things that will happen, we will see in people's lives in the last days. 
Amen. So that is not a true love. That is not a kind love. That's not a safe love. Love. This romantic, and that's what you see in movies most of the time. The guy sees the girl, the camera rolls down the shape of the girl, rolls up, shows the guy six pack. You know, the guy removes his sunglasses by the poolside or by the beach. And like, I know, and there's always coming out of the water of, of the, is it water? How do you put it? When the big guys go to, my wife is the one who likes water, right? When anytime she can see size, it's coming out of the sea and the slow motion, the water is dropping from his body. I'm like, wow, what an handsome guy. No, you're not thinking straight yet. <clears throat> because what you don't know is that guy might be a demon. You don't, you're not, you don't even know whether the guy was actually coming from the depth of the sea, from the marine spirit. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I get it. You don't even know where he came from, right? You just, you just feel like you're in love and the guy's coming out, right? And sometimes I've seen this a lot in movies, you know, the camera will, you know, the camera will, 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 um, will focus on the girl coming out of the water, you know, I make up his own, that's what you coming out of the water, you know, the water is dripping, she folds her hair, you know, comes out to see the bikini and the guys are like, oh, wow. And the, <clears throat> excuse me, then the camera focus on that guy who's looking at this girl and they, they, you know, walks up to the girl, you know, I wish I could show you a movie here. I think I'm, 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 I'm writing the movie. My, I can see my wife's face here. Right? And then he's like, wow, like, She's amazing. Like, okay, you get to know this person, you know, before you know it, they're together. And there's with some, unfortunately for you, some of the stories will lead into happily married, happily married, happily ever after. Praise God. You can tell that I'm getting hold now. I'm, not, I'm, I'm losing uh, those slogans for, for those things. You know, I'm now in a, in a different generation. Amen. Is it a lie? A person you've never, you do, can I get into the details of it a little bit? You don't know whether there's snow. You don't know how they fat. You don't know they are eating a bit. You don't, many things you don't know about them. And Hollywood has trained you to think that, you know, this is, this is love. Someone you got a sexual attracted to. You saw someone for the first time one day at the party in the club, the poolside. What attracted you is their bikini, their body shape. And you say you are in love. Somebody has deceived you. This segment is for young people. I had to do this work. Right. This one has sold you a lie. Now, question is this. How many of such love relationships has ended well or are still running? How many of such? Give me the, give me numbers. Give me the percentage. Because you can, the true love that will last, that Jesus is talking about, that will build people, that will strengthen people, that will help people, is not built on those erotic, romantic feelings. And if you are such that feed your mind a romantic feeling, and you are looking down on your husband or your spouse because they are not tickling the sexual feeling, romantic feeling in you, you're heading for disaster. Because you find people out there who will give you, who will tickle it, but they are not of Christ. Amen. So the other kind of love that people talk about is, ah, my friend, I love my friends. They call that philia. You know, I'm not a Greek person, so uh, permit my... Uh, my pronunciation this morning, but there's one I will not, I will not miss. I'm coming to that shortly, right? So we talked about, we've talked about a romantic one, and we're talking, looking at him, affectionate, friendly love. My friend, <clears throat> my friend, I love my friend. Then when your friends stab you in the back, what do you do about that? Because somebody who is a good friend today can can throw you under the bus, can gossip about you, can be compromised. When I say compromised, 
they could start hanging out with the wrong people and become and pick up habits, behaviors, character that could be detrimental or harmful to you. So let's take a look at that love. So I want us to flesh out that love. So when you, when you say love, love your neighbor as yourself. What kind of neighbor, what kind of love are you talking about? What, what comes to mind when you think love? Romantic? So the Bible says I should love my neighbor as myself. Now back to the erotic love um, for singles now. You know, this guy is my neighbor. <laughs> this guy is my neighbor. He's a very nice guy. He's this and that. I just love him as myself. You know, just the way I love myself, I give my body to him because I love him as myself. The devil is lying to you and you're deceiving yourself. Amen. That's not what Jesus meant when he said love your neighbor as yourself. The fact that you feel sexual, that you want to have some sexual satisfaction does not mean that you give your body to someone for sex all in the name of loving your neighbor as yourself and i'm talking about i'm talking to christians here the devil is deceiving did the bible not tell us to flee sexual immorality so we get to start asking ourselves questions and start challenging our way of thinking amen and not allow the devil to deceive us because deception creates a problem in our lives and the enemy is a master deceiver he will deceive you and that's why i'm bringing this to your very forefront the love work loving your neighbor as yourself what does it really mean amen what does this what does what does loving your neighbor as yourself what does this really mean not the not the nuances that or the shades that we've given to love that are not the true expression of love Amen. So affectionate and friendly love. That's the next one. Philia, they call it, right? You know, your friends, you know, it encompasses love shared between friends and intimate family members, you know, and this is char characterized by loyalty and trust. Is this the kind of friend, the kind of love God wants you to have for your neighbors? Yeah, it contains a little bit of it too. Yeah, you should, you should be a person that is loyal to people and trustworthy. But what if people throw you under the bus? What if they start stab you on the back? So then that one, I'm, I'm trusting God that I'm going to get the pronunciation correctly. Storge, right? Storge. You don't know what I could have pronounced that if I had not gone on, the, on, on Google to find out how to pronounce it. I was going to pronounce it Storge. And I know that people will laugh at me. But well, here I am. Storge. So this unconditional love, <clears throat> this is more of a kind of love between the, um, a parent and their child but i've also seen that even this even even though this seems to be the deepest kind of love in human settings i've seen settings where this has gone sour you know a guy one day posted on social about god's love for him and was saying something about love one of the guys or a guy led to christ at some point and many unsaved people you know uh challenged him saying that um, the deepest kind of love is a love between a parent and a child but we know that on either side either the side of the parent or the child things can go bad and they have they, they have this hatred for the parent so all of this from all of this variation of love this kinds of love they are so limited they have limitations next week next week we're going into the god kind of love the nature of God. I would like to ask you again, is love to you an action, a feeling, or a nature? Which means who you are, or a person, 
seeing God as love, right? But the Bible tells us that God is love. So we can say love is, a, I don't want to give you an answer. All right, let's carry on. So, but the one I want to look at, I mean, that we, we're going to expand more next week is the agape love, right? The selfless love, the unconditional love of God. And I want to dig into it. And I'm going to give you guys our homework. I would like you guys to um, send me questions you have about this love your neighbor as yourself. I, you know, I don't want this teaching to be um, one of other teachings that I've had, you know, where we, we look at, um, we teach the topic, you guys are blessed and we move on. Because this is so crucial in the body of Christ, in the sense that we have a lot of people being compromised by sin and the devil in the world we live in today. And some people are getting weary of walking in love at all. So I need to balance this because the Bible makes us understand that it is when we walk in love, it's by walking in love that we, that we experience the true nature of God. There's so many benefits to walking in love. But the enemy will always supply us with customers. When I say customers, people who will make us walk in hate, in anger, in selfishness. We don't want to be such people. We want to be able to walk in love or we want to walk in love whether other people choose to walk in love or not. Now, the, no, the, 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 the fallenness of the, the fallenness or the degradation of uh, the world we live in today should not make, should not change us. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12 that we should not be conformed to this world, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the world might be heading in the wrong direction. The world might be doing bad stuff. The world might be, might be becoming more evil, but that should not change us. Amen. So we need to understand this because we're still going to hear of more evils and evils. I was saying to my wife yesterday, based on some study and some research and some news I've had, more news is going to come out as to what people, the clergy, are doing in the secret. More things are going to be exposed. And if your heart is not prepared, <clears throat> if your heart is not prepared to walk in love, many of you would be so devastated so disappointed that you want to give up on the Christian faith because you would think it's not real. This sermon has been one of the, is one of the most challenging for me because there's so much in it. I want to explore everything, but I can't do this endlessly. So I'm trusting God to help me bring out to you what you need to help you prepare your heart. More stuff are going to be exposed and many Christians will be disappointed. And many would want to give up on the faith because of others, other people's behavior. So you don't know what people have given themselves to. Now, I started by saying that there's a, there's a church of Christ. They are true Christians and they are people who claim to be Christians, but they are not Christians. Because of your default understanding or your, yeah, your default of your understanding of what Christianity is, Many of us may have been looking at Christianity based on the actions of people or people's um, claim of their affiliation with Christian faith. But not many who say they are Christians are actually Christians. And not many who say they are Christians actually follow the Lord Jesus. Not many who claim to be Christians are disciples of the Lord Jesus. 
And if a person is not a disciple of the Lord Jesus, if they, if they, not, if they don't govern their lives by the commandments of Jesus, what we will see in their life is the produce of death. What we will see as a, a, is, is a kind of Satan-like behavior. So it's one thing for a person to be to claim to be a Christian and it's another thing for them to actually be a Christian, which means they declare Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And it's another thing that the person actually follows Jesus. They are a disciple of Jesus. Now, Jesus speaking to us did not ask us in the book of Matthew chapter 28, did not ask us to go and make converts because many converts, you know, they declare Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. They are born again, but Except they are discipled, except they are taught how to live out the Christian life, many of them will act like demons, like demons and devils. So that's why you see some people who are tongue talkers, born again, but their behavior is just the same thing as people who are not saved, ungodly people, evil practices. Most of the time, I take this back to the church leadership, but church leadership can only do so much. It's left for the people to choose to change because even Jesus, despite all of his teaching, he still had a Judas, right? Back then, I used to be mindful of um, my people, my, my church family members, ensuring they are doing well, they are conducting themselves well in public and stuff like that. But one day I thought about it. Like if Jesus had a Judas, right? I should, if I have, a, if I have one, out of, one out of 12, if I have, um, that's Jesus, right? That's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If I have 200 members, well, I should expect some Judas among them, honestly. All right, so I stopped bothering myself because God cannot, God will not force anyone to change. I will do my best. I will do everything. I'll put all my energy, resources, and efforts in teaching people, guiding people, leading people. But ultimately, it's left for the people to follow the Lord or not. Amen. So let's get those dis distinctions very clear that the fact that somebody claimed to be a Christian, that they are a Christian. Now, I was saying that Jesus did not ask us to go and make convert. He asked us to go raise disciples, people who are disciplined followers of Jesus. They honor Jesus. They believe in Jesus. They put in every effort to ensure that even when no one is watching, they guard their life with the principles. They govern their lives with the principles of Jesus. Amen. So we're now on the fourth kind of love according to my list, the agape, the unconditional kind of love. And to make you guys feel good a little bit and to, you know, some, to finish this sermon in a, on a good note, on a nice, exciting note. Now, if God wants you to walk in love, right, and God demands you walk in love, as we saw Jesus say, and the kind of love he wants you to walk in is not this natural kind of love. Then why doesn't he give you the, or why don't he give you the ability and the capacity to love that way? I'll rephrase that. So God wants you to walk in love. We've looked at this, the first three kind of loves, you know, the eros, philia, toge. We've seen the limitations around it. The Bible says God is love. We saw the life of Jesus, that Jesus' Jesus's love for us had no limitation. It was unconditional. So how do we love? How do we walk in love, right, beyond all of this variation of love, excluding the romantic one? That romantic one doesn't even go there. 
for single people, right? Um, husband and wives, right? Husband and wife, husbands and wives should have should have some level of you know sexual attraction among themselves. Yes, good. Should have, should have that. I, I would also say that a marriage relationship should not be based on sexual attraction. Get let's get it straight. There's more to life and marriage than sex, right? So teenagers, young people, singles, get that right. Marriage relationships should not be built on sexual attraction because there's more to life than, se than sex, right? I've said to you, sex workers have sex, right? Many of them are, are what's called, are suicidal in their thinking because God did not design the body to handle sexual immorality. Yeah. No matter how much the Kardashians, Beyonce and all those kind of people try to promote you know, sexual gratification, I've, I've not been following it, so I don't know what, what, where they are now, right now. But if a woman strip herself nude, what do you think she's trying to do? And the way she poses herself, what's she trying to do? She's trying to provoke sexual urge or trigger sexual urge in people. So, What's that about? And the Bible tells us, that, so what's that? We call that, it's a, it's a form of sexual immorality. So some people, they'll say they are not fornicating, but they feed on the images on the body of Beyonce, Brianna, all those kind of stuff, guys. And they say they are not committing sexual immorality. No, you are. You are. Because the sexual urge and the feeling you have that evolve from those images you feed on and be presented to you in those music videos and kind of thing, that sexual urge is not, your body is not designed to to handle it. So it will kill you. It's only a matter of time. It will ruin your mind. It will destroy you. It will hijack your brain and your thinking such that you start seeing people as objects and not as people. Then you wonder why you are not able to walk in love like Jesus demanded or requested. Amen. So no, no healthy relationship can ever be built on sexual attraction. You can go and read the book of history. You can go and read history and come and show me one person or one relationship built on sexual attraction that has been ever meaningful or had a value or glorified God. When you find one, please send it to me. Glory be to God. Amen. So if God is requesting or demanding that we love beyond this variation of love, you know, I think there's another one too that I didn't put in my list, flirtatious love. Some people like to flirt with people that can't, to make people love them and stuff like that. I'm just like, what has the devil done to our brains? And this is a lifestyle of many Christian women. Many Christian ladies, single ladies, believe that when they go out, they should flirt with men. I've seen women flirt with men, not with any intent, with no intention of having anything to do with them. And I, one of the things I say is this, do you know the arm you're doing to the brain of this man? You are inciting a desire in them that you are not willing or ready to fulfill. So you have your own fear because you get their attention. But when they get back home, they are troubled in their mind because you have created, you have stirred up a desire in them and you wonder why they are chasing you. Because you, you stirred up an hunger in them that you are not willing to, to, to feel or satisfy. You are a wicked person. Like if I don't want to direct it to you to make, to soften the blow, that is wickedness, but you're still a wicked person. So that you, when you, so that next time when you go out and you feel like flirting with someone to stay up a desire in them that you're not willing to fulfill, right? You don't do it because we know that is a wicked person who does that. Glory be to God. Amen. And this is why, this is why I'm different from Jolomi. Praise the Lord. 
So uh, I love my church family members. They love to always have me, even though they clap, they clap for joy on me. They don't clap for me, but they say they do. Glory be to God, right? So I'll tell you the truth. It is evil. They say, let me, let me help your life to ex- by exposing the darkness and the works of wickedness. Let me help your life so that you can experience and walk in the peace and the joy that God has in store for you. Our conference is coming on June 10th. Mark your diary. Amen. Mark your calendar. I'm going to be exposing a lot more lies of the enemy. Amen. I'm going to be exposing much more lies of the enemy. So mark your calendars, 10th of June. And just mark, open your diary from 9 to 6 p.m. Right there, we'll finish much, we'll finish earlier. I um, might start a little bit later, but mark your diaries, amen. Because lies and deception put people in bondage, and God has called me to shine light. Please, I, I plead with you guys, let's, let's make it our duty to say, you know what, I'm, ta- I'm tired of being deceived and walking in lies and deception because they are ruining my mind and my life, amen. So, as I close. If God wants us to love, right, and our love should go beyond this um, lower level of love, why doesn't he give us the ability to do that? Next week, I'm going to be showing us that he has given us the ability to do that, right? Amen. So guys, you want to be in church next week when we begin to explore the God kind of love, the attributes, the nature of it. And we apply a lot of practical insight to it to help you walk in the God kind of love. To know the kind of Christians to roll with, the ones you not roll with. So, so you still love you. I want to eliminate every confusion around walking in love and loving your neighbor as yourself. You walk, you love your neighbor as yourself, but you now have wisdom to love your neighbor as yourself and not keep, keep keeping you and not keep putting yourself in harm's way. Amen. So uh, please don't, for, don't forget to send me your questions and um, yeah, your questions, please send them to me. If you're watching on social, please comment uh, or you can go on our church page on our church website, the transformationchurch.org and um, yeah, send your questions. You know, I don't mind to take this into the third week. Uh, just send your questions. Let's, I would like to deal with those things. What are your struggles with working in love? love your neighbor as yourself you know if you have problems with a particular pastor send me you can dm me on social and then i'll package it well so that it doesn't something like it is you and then i will deal with it amen because god wants you to walk in freedom god bless you guys enjoy the rest of your day